This is the Feminine Genius Podcast, a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Claire Ellenson has a profound love for the saints and aspires to learn as much as she can about her friends in heaven. One of the things she's come to appreciate is the ordinariness of some of these holy men and women. And through this appreciation, she's grown in love of service and meeting people where they're at, learning more about the unconditional love of God. In this episode, Claire shares her background in serving with Net Ministries, what she's learned from working with folks with different abilities, and what inspired her to befriend the saints. Hello, Claire. Hi. How are you? (laughs) Doing well. Yeah, doing very well. How are you? (laughs) I'm well, thanks. Thank you for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast. And I was mentioning to you just before we got going that we connected not too long ago and you were so, so gracious to have me on your podcast, Dead Friend Saints. And I am so, so excited to have you here. So thanks for being with us today. Yeah, of course. And thanks for being on my episode too. It's been such a refreshing and fun twist. I've been on one other podcast, but that was before I started my own. So it's a unique honor and a very fun turn of events (laughs) to be on another (laughs) podcast besides my own. And not to mention the just the wonderful community that's come about. So I, you know, I thank God every day for the opportunity to meet other women and to meet other podcasters and to see what God is doing in the lives of so many different people. So I'm excited to dive in today. Yeah, me too. Totally. Yeah. So for those who may not have had the pleasure of meeting you yet, Claire, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and share a little bit about what you do right now. Oh, yes. So um, my name is Claire Ellenson. I am a Minnesota native, grew up in rural Minnesota. I'm from a big family. I have five brothers and four sisters. Holy moly. Um, So that's 10. And 10. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, Praise God. Yeah, I love them so much. I'm really, really obsessed with my siblings. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I've kind of done all kinds of things. I worked with a ministry called Net Ministries Mm -hmm. right when I left high school. And the Lord worked in that in so many ways. Really, he worked most clearly through providing for me an avenue of learning how to pray, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, he taught me the value of community through that experience. And so now I live with one of my dearest friends in Minneapolis, and I'm working on going back to school after having worked with people with disabilities for the past five years. Mm. And as I'm a student and in the stage of life, I started a podcast called Dead Friend Saints, which I love doing. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And you were mentioning that you started that during the pandemic. So I know we're going to chat about that. But yeah, it just seems like the thing, right? Like, you know, a lot of folks are starting podcasts. And naturally, I'm biased to the medium. So I've listened to your show, and I have learned so much from it. So I encourage folks to tune in to Dead Friend Saints. 
but yeah, like this is incredible. So I'd love to to jump into your personal faith journey. Like you mentioned that you you served with Net and you come from a very very big family. So that is incredibly beautiful. Um, but yeah, but if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about how you've come to know Jesus in the way that you do now. Yeah, so I was very blessed to grow up in a family that was experiencing a reversion while I was small. Mm. So even though my parents were both Catholic growing up, they were like actively returning to the church. I don't know, when I was a little kid. So Mm -hmm. I don't really have memories of the time of my life before I was going to mass every Sunday. So I I mentioned I served on that. I'm also in some ways, uh, my faith journey is a product of NET's ministry as well, Mm -hmm. um, because they were stationed as a parish team, the first parish team NET ever did, little plug, at my parish when I was in middle school. Well, really, yes, as a little kid. And there was a certain liveliness, a certain potency in their ministry that I was immediately drawn to. And so at that point, I was like a little homeschooled little girl who would sneak into middle school events that they were putting on when I was too young to be there, (laughs) high school events. And I knew that they did praise and worship when they prayed. And I would Mm. ask them to teach me how to pray and if I could join them for team prayer and things like that because I was like just so curious. And so then as I grew up, I yeah, was very blessed to be well catechized and to have a really strong network of faith. And many Mm -hmm. of my the people I grew up alongside are still dear friends and faithful Catholics to this day. And then fresh out of high school, it was like, not unusual for the people in my youth group to apply for net and to go Mm -hmm. and do it. So I was one of just seven who went to net (laughs) that year. And we all kind of went into that ministry um, with the idea that we knew what God would be doing with us during that Mm -hmm. year. And we're all just woefully wrong about that (laughs) Um, because, you know, he always moves. If there's one thing we can be certain about, it's that God moves in ways that we cannot expect Mm -hmm. or wrap our minds around. Although I have been, like I said, very blessed to like know the Lord, I feel like there's been a profound deepening in my knowledge of the depth of his love for me. And also, of course, conversion is an ongoing process, right? We don't arrive until we're in heaven. So I'm still a sinner who's ever deepening in my faith. I'm trying to move towards him mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as I can. So The word that stuck out to me, that you're sharing there was potency, right? And I think that there's always something so beautiful when we see people really on fire for their faith. There's something, and I think you also mentioned attractive. So, you know, you yourself, even though you were too young to join in their events and their team prayer, there was something that still attracted you. And I was curious to know if you can, like, if you think back to that time of your life, what was it about their faith or the work that Net was doing like that particular parish team that really drew you and you just it made you really curious to be like okay what is it that they have and and now I want to to try and get in on that too yeah well now I know they were operating under profound grace and that God gives us grace for our mission and as a person who's now I spent two years as a missionary with net and you know Mm -hmm. like all the people who are called to something like God provides us with extraordinary grace to accomplish Mm -hmm. the things that he is asking of us. So it's not that God calls the equipped, he equips the called. So Mm -hmm. I think 
when I was a child and I would see the netters at mass, I couldn't stop watching them pray. They would have their eyes closed. It seemed like they had a certain intentionality with how they went through the mass that I was just like, wow, like it stood out to me. And there's so many avenues that the Lord chooses to work in those ways. Like anytime, that's just the effect of when somebody is serious about their faith, you know, they look a little different (laughs) than, you know, and it's meant to call us on and call us forward. They were also at that time, like, of course, it was like, we have this, you know, shiny new net team who's here to do ministry. And I was like, okay, I'm into that. (laughs) I want to go. And the more I went, the more I was like moved with everything, the little things they remembered my name all the way up Mm -hmm. to like, they prayed and really talked about their prayer because I think like there was this hard line drawn between like the prayer you do at mass, which is speaking out loud and is very public and beautiful, of course, like the source and summit of our life. Like it's very important. And to me, personal prayer was something that was done in silence, in secret. And there's a certain intimacy that comes from personal prayer, but Mm -hmm. to hear someone, a young person break down the practicals of how to pray and how to talk Mm -hmm. to God, I was like, Oh, so I can do that too. <laughs> like it's not just it's not a secret. <laughs> right. Yeah, it wasn't like an exclusive club. It's just like they were inviting you into that personal relationship, something that they themselves had and then they were inviting other people into. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It was really beautiful and they instilled a community, you know. Mm-hmm. Very attractive to me as a young person and like I said, many of my friends are still people I met on net <laughs> and I'm no longer traveling in a van right. with 11 other people like I was back then putting on retreats. So I do have a broader community now Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I was actively participating with in those years of my life. But yes, I think I learned a lot of valuable lessons about what it meant to reconcile, what it meant to really like love and support and pray for and with Mm -hmm. one another. So yeah. Yeah. And having met a number of, I think you called them netters, is that right? Is that the terminology? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So having met it and is. interviewed a number of, of folks who have worked with and have served on met ministries, like I know that to your point, they go around in a van and they are sent out like the apostles yeah. in groups to, to really serve the different communities. Now you mentioned that you're currently living in Minnesota and you're born and raised in Minnesota, but mm-hmm. were you serving in your home state or did you kind of travel all over the country? So I traveled all over the country. Both my years, I was on a traveling team. My first year, we were very Midwestern. So I was like, I am going to see the whole country. And then it was like Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, (laughs) like very much Midwestern, very flat. I saw a lot of cornfields that first (laughs) part of the year. After that, it branched out a little bit and I got to see more of the country. But it was, again, a surprising and important wake up call of being like, Mm. okay, I'm not in this because I'm on tour, like (laughs) seeing the most exciting, amazing places in America. But it's about the people and God wants to meet us where we are. Mm -hmm. And so if in the middle of a cornfield in some little rural church is exactly where he wants us to be, then better believe he'll show up. Mm -hmm. He'll show up for it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really exciting. You know, like you said, it's just like in the middle of like a, a rural cornfield. And yeah. I mean, what comes to mind is just like the verse of even though they're talking about, I think, vineyards in that verse, but just how the harvest is plentiful, right? So no matter yeah. where it is that you end up, there is always grace that's abounding and just people to serve because God is yeah. everywhere and he calls us to whatever places that he wants to activate and wants to grow in. And you know, I think about that and I just think, you know, how much courage that would take to, you know, leave a place that you've known for so long. And even if it's maybe geographically similar, like I'm sure that it must have been a lot to plant yourselves in different communities and then go out of your comfort zone to talk to these people and to build a relationship with them and, and to serve them ultimately. Yes, I definitely think I know that that was the truth for me, especially because I was fresh out of high school, Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, it was my first time leaving the nest. However, I did join under the pretense that I would be serving on this grand adventure and sacrificing myself. And there was certainly sacrifice and, you know, some suffering and some struggles and Mm -hmm. um, all for the glory of God. Um, However, I received much more than I gave, Mm -hmm. so much more, overflowing amounts more than I gave through lessons and experiences, through the love. The Lord was so generous with me. And I just was like, okay, God, you can have this. First, I just said, you can have this nine months of my life, you know. And then I could check the box. I did my service and I can move on, (laughs) you know. And that's not the plan he had for me at all. And Mm -hmm. yeah, thank him for that. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then from there, because like you said, you went straight out of high school. So Post your time with NETS, how did you see that time, I guess, like catapult you into whatever came next? And and perhaps if you could share where it is that you ended up after you moved on from NET Ministries. Oh, yeah. So I knew from my experience on NET that I loved being with people. I knew I wanted a, a person focused job, career, life. I had no idea how that would take shape. Mm -hmm. Still don't, honestly. I'm kind of just at the same position as I was before, which was like, okay, Lord, it's none of my business what I do. You're in charge of it because I can't and don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when I was leaving NET, I was moving back home Mm -hmm. to my parents' house, unsure what I was going to do next. And a cousin of mine was like, hey, they really need help at a group home that I work at. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. Like, that's really intimate. Mm-hmm. I have grander plans for myself. I love public speaking. So maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I just was, I was hesitant and can't fault myself for that back then. Mm-hmm. But I needed a job. So I took it. I was caring for four women mm-hmm. in a house. And all the things that you and I would do to prepare ourselves for the day, and all the meals and nighttime routine and all of that, um, I helped them with. Mm-hmm. And it was remarkable because once again, I went into it being like, wow, these women can't do things for themselves. So I am in a position of service to them. Mm. And in many ways, that is true. Like there were lots of things that I did for them. However, the lessons and the love and the generosity of spirit that they showed me rocked my world Mm -hmm. and really brought me face to face with Christ in many moments where there's a certain rawness in the humanity of 
a person in a position of needing to receive care. Mm-hmm. So whether it be the elderly, individuals with disabilities, sorrowful people with mental illness, mm-hmm. or little children, like there's a level of humanity that they don't have the energy or the capability to conceal. And that's beautiful because whether it be they don't have the impulse control (laughs) to do that or whether it be just there's a level of honesty that I found really enrapturing. It showed me a lot about myself and about God. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I loved working with them. So then when I moved to the city, I worked for an organization called MSS, Mm -hmm. which I love. I worked with them for, I think, just over three years. And There I was a service coordinator and worked in a day program Mm -hmm. where there were 65 people with disabilities. Our center kind of focused on those who were medically fragile Mm -hmm. and relied on, they needed more medical support. So like G-tubes, seizure protocols and things like that. Once again, it was like really amazing Mm -hmm. how much I loved it. And I feel so gifted Mm -hmm. to have the opportunity to be in the lives of the people I supported. That was another major point that the Lord continued to nourish me through the process of calling me to service, Mm -hmm. even though I was the one, you know, administering the medications, taking care of coaching, doing work skills with whatever. Mm -hmm. There were many, many, many times where I was like, wow, this person is showing me unconditional love or wow this person is being really challenging and is really teaching me valuable lessons that I need of patience or you know unconditional love reciprocated yeah (laughs) yeah I think it was a it was holy ground working in that place and my time working with adults with disabilities was very much holy ground and I praise God for the opportunity to have done it Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, especially since it's not always the most obvious, right? Like, especially when I I think about everyday interaction where you meet someone who is, uh, yeah, different than you, whether a different ability or they look different or or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. Sometimes it's not always obvious how a certain interaction, whether positive or maybe challenging, can ultimately work for good in our own lives like it'll help us to Mm -hmm. grow to be more charitable to be more patient and like you were saying all the different Mm -hmm. virtues that the lord has helped you to grow in yeah and having the experience too like i don't know when we talk about saints it'll kind of go into the same vein of thought is that like first many people with disabilities their life is just shorter they're not like people who are healthy and don't have chronic conditions or you know whatever we feel like we're pretty much guaranteed a chunk of good years you know before Mm -hmm. things become more difficult and we have less freedom and I just vividly remember the very first time someone I supported died Mm -hmm. and I went to their funeral and it was clear that some people who were at the funeral didn't really know them And I had only known them because they took a long time to eat their lunch. And I would feed this person their lunch for like a half an hour every day. And I wasn't always very intentional with them. Sometimes I would be distracted, but often I would talk their ear off because I'm a talker. (laughs) And so I would just talk about whatever and they seemed to like it. And they were hard to connect with because they didn't use words to communicate. Mm -hmm. I eventually learned 
how they best communicated mm. and grew in this relationship. And it was only because it was a part of my job description to feed them lunch and that required sitting near them for that chunk of time in the day. So when they died pretty suddenly, I remember feeling so sad because there was like a huge chunk of my life missing. Mm-hmm. I missed them so much. And I felt so honored to have been a person who knew them because their service was very small. You know, like a lot of times at funerals, what do you talk about? You talk about that person's accomplishments Mm -hmm. and all the things that they did and that they had a family and an amazing career and their legacy. And when someone hasn't accomplished those things, those values of the world, what do you have left? And Mm -hmm. with that person, I was given a gift in knowing that I would dearly miss them, the person, and not for what they could do for me. But that sorrow in itself was a gift because I was like, wow, like I got to be a person who knew them Mm -hmm. when very few had the opportunity to like even so simple as learn how they communicated or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's a little little moment another one where it's like wow the lord really kicked me into shape (laughs) in revealing to me the real value of human life and a little window into just the amazing value and how precious life is Mm -hmm. for every person you raise something that is extraordinarily profound and i think one that we overlook so many times in our day-to-day life especially being in a generation where social media is everywhere and we document a lot of things we usually document highlights and successes sometimes we'll document uh, the more vulnerable or raw parts of our lives but like you said many times at the end of our life we'll look back or, or people who celebrate our life not to go to a totally morbid place, but memento mori, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they will, like, you know, celebrate legacy. They'll celebrate what it is that we've done. But I think what you're pointing to is something that it goes so much deeper. And in fact, I would even say is the ways in which God loves us and the, the way that God mm-hmm. looks at us. It doesn't really matter how much we do or what we do, but no matter what we do, I guess. Even in the absence of legacy, he still loves us. Now, of course, like for many of us, like the the parable of the talents comes to mind. So, of course, to whom much is given, much is expected. So Mm -hmm. for those of us who have been given those opportunities, of course, we should be making every opportunity and chance to to serve God and to glorify him back. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, this example that you shared, and it really moves me too and reminds me that ultimately God loves us no matter what, no matter Mm -hmm. how successful or how big or, you know, you're talking about public speaking and the grand plans that we may have, right, for ourselves. And and even if we don't necessarily quote unquote make it, he still loves us no matter what. So I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's one thing that we forget sometimes. Yeah, stumbling into the work I did and hope to continue through volunteering and I want to know people with disabilities for the rest of my whole life. Hmm. I think that I stumbled across it when I was like in a place myself where I was like, not me, I'm born for the stage. Like I'm going to do something that's not spooning lunch into someone's mouth. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And like that thing, yes, where it's like God is 
calling us to offer ourselves and to make a gift of ourselves. Mm. Um, that's all he asks. It's very simple where he's like, like, what does he want? All that you have. That's all. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very simple. It's only when we come to that place where we're finally able to be like, okay, Lord, I'm relinquishing to you all that I am. As broken as I am, as many shortcomings, quirks, reservations, wounds that I may have, I'm bringing it all to the table and I'm like laying it down for you. That is when he gives us those moments of like, I don't know, consolation isn't quite right because it's not about the feelings. Yeah. You know, like that's that's when we can see that he's working. Mm -hmm. He's working all the time. Mm -hmm. But until we ask him to actually work, we often go through our day. And I mean, I do totally forget that God is at work in my life Mm -hmm. unless I'm actively like, okay, Lord, I don't know how to do this. So here. And then he's like, oh, I've been with you all along. And it's like, (laughs) what? You have? That's crazy. Oh. And I feel like that really paves a perfect segue into talking about, and you kind of alluded to this earlier too, about saints. And I remember having a conversation with a friend about this and thinking about saints in a way that we don't usually think about. Because, you know, the reason why we venerate so many incredible saints in our life now here in the 21st century is because many times of their legacy and the incredible witness that they've had for their faith and their love for God. But I remember someone was sharing with me that, you know, yeah, like there was a time before St. Augustine became St. Augustine. And of course, like St. Ignatius before he became St. Ignatius. And you could say that about every single saint. And of course, like for you yourself, having a podcast that focuses on saints, not only like talking about them from like a biographical standpoint, but really seeing how we can relate to them, not just as figures, but as friends, really. When I came across your podcast, I was like, that is so cool. And then taking a listen, I was like, yes, like I need to meet this girl and I need to talk more because saints, (laughs) we love saints. Saints are just such a wonderful part of the Catholic tradition. So maybe let's talk about your podcast, Dead Friend Saints. How did that podcast or or maybe even the idea come about for you? Yeah, so I have always loved saints. I share on my podcast that I'm I'm drawn to a some specific categories of saints mm-hmm. more so. I think everybody kind of has their favorite little <laughs> little, little clicks squad, of saints yeah. that we like. Yeah. <laughs> um and I remember from a very young age loving to read about especially the virgin martyrs mm. because they were young women when I was young and I was like, wow, like this girl laid her life down for Jesus when she was 12 and like how morbid, you know, in a way that was. And I'm just like a little seventh grader myself (laughs) being like, that's crazy. Like she, wow, did all that. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think even before I, it, it was just kind of like a precursor into being like this person Ultimately, it's not glory to them, but it's glory to God. Mm. This person like laid down their life for God and like how, how the end of question, you know what I mean? Like, what was it Mm. ultimately? Like, it's a story of radical abandonment to God. Mm -hmm. And I learned later through the process is that we don't look up to the saints strictly for how they died, you know, because like Mm. I was back then focusing on the very morbid, like oh my goodness, St. Lucy 
<laughs> her eyes plucked out. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? These things where I was like, like literally a little child being like, I'm allowed to read this like super graphic <laughs> depiction of this child my age getting murdered. Oh boy. You know, and it was like, yeah, rocking my world. I was like, that's crazy. And also put in me an interest in true crime, which is what this podcast is about, but an interesting side note where it's just like, wow, there's a lot of brokenness in this world, Mm. but God will always overcome it, always, Mm. and wants to work in our suffering and wants to work. Like when I offered to God all of my gifts and everything that I am, like often the thing he picks up and wants to take is my woundedness. That's Mm -hmm. the thing that he's like, when I lay it down at the cross, he particularly wants to work on healing me and making me whole. Um, As time went on, and as I kind of started noticing other saints that weren't just the virgin (laughs) martyrs, that was only expounded on because Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, like, the diversity of saints speaks to how big God is because he is moving in all of these lives and is really animating Mm -hmm. these people, you know? So I had this fascination with saints for a long, long time. And in my time on net, one of the women on my team in particular that I would tell saint stories to as like bedtime stories, basically, you know, we'd be in different host homes all around the country Mm -hmm. and not just her, some of the other women as well. I just had like, I don't know, just admitted to memory the loose outline of many, many saint stories through my own fascination Mm -hmm. and draw that was given to me from the Holy Spirit. And so I just talk about them and it was really impactful to all of us. Mm -hmm. And to me, because I was like, it's so, I always loved the experience of being like, what saint do you like? Now you tell me in your own words, like describe them to me like a person, like a human, instead of like this untouchable, perfect figure, because that's not who the saints were. We know that the saints are in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's, and that they're praying for us. Like those are the things we know about the saints and that they had like devotion. They, they displayed heroic virtue Mm -hmm. and that they loved God with all that they were. It was then when I was like telling the women on my team, especially stories of saints, they were like, you should start a blog. Cause that was the thing back then it was 2014. So then it was like (laughs) podcasts were a thing, but I don't know. I didn't listen to podcasts back then. And I was like, "Mm, I don't want to write. (laughs) It's kind of, I "Mm, don't want to do that. Yeah. What do I like to do? Talk. I like to talk. So then, (laughs) so then as time went on, this idea started ruminating. And I think we talked about in the process of you beginning your podcast, it was kind of similar where Mm -hmm. there was like kind of this like, hmm, I have this interest and I don't know what shape it'll take. Mm -hmm. I was very aware that I needed it to be like, I don't know, accomplishable. That was kind of the first thing was I was like, I don't, I couldn't find any podcasts that just were a human tone, Mm. you know, when they may exist, I didn't find any in my search. Um, So please, I'm open to suggestions as well. I love listening to other podcasts. And I was like, I want a podcast that talks about the saints like they're people. And Mm. there wasn't one. And so then I was like, okay, I think I'm going to start one. And I think I'm going to call it Dead Friend because that's what I used to call the saints that I'd wear. I wore this big, like, 
a rope around my neck with a bunch of chains on it and I call them my dead friends yeah a bunch of metals around yeah (laughs) just like a whole group of them right I call them my dead friends and so then that's ultimately it was kind of like once that name came it stuck yeah yeah and I kind of had the idea originally where I was like oh I'd like to introduce other people but again the Lord has worked so much through the podcast Mm. And one of the ways he has done so is through having the opportunity to interview others and hear other people speak about the saints who have impacted them because I don't have a personal relationship with many saints. Mm. (laughs) And so if I can have people on the podcast who do, who can give a little bit of dimension Mm. that I can't fake, (laughs) you know, I can't pretend I'm buddies with a saint if I'm not, Right. I, you know, I can talk about the facts of their life, but yeah, the Lord's really picked it up and taken it to a different level. And that's so true. I mean, we have many times people joke with me that they have like saint stalkers. So not just saint friends, but saint stalkers, right? Like just those (laughs) one or two or maybe five saints that are just kind of following them around. They just show up randomly in their life. And I wonder, you know, you mentioned Saint Lucy and the Virgin Martyrs, but I was wondering, and it might be unfair to ask if you have just (laughs) one favorite saint or one saint friend, but maybe if we could give five were your top five Claire good question (laughs) well one of the no-brainers is my confirmation saint saint Anatolia who of course is a virgin martyr who uh she was like betrothed to marry a pagan Uh and she was like nope I took a vow of chastity and they were like what that's not even a thing because you know what I mean Christianity was brand new it was like 380 or whatever (laughs) um and so then they put her in a prison cell with some snakes and I realized you didn't ask her this whole story that's okay I'm here for it oh yeah and her joy converted her prison guard because he was like, this Christianity thing holds some serious water. And so then he converted. Wow. And then they were beheaded together. <laughs> yeah. I should have like, but oh my so god, cool. I know. <laughs> like, wow, what a twist. Yeah. And so it's like, not only was her faith so strong, like not only was God working mm. so powerfully in her life to the point where she was willing to lay down her life as like a 13-year-old girl, mm-hmm. but her devotion to God was so palpable that she actually converted another to the point where he was willing to die as well. Yeah. So, and again, not glory to her, glory to God. Yeah. Um, Super gorgeous. So then, yes, she's one of the Virgin Martyrs that I really admire and love. One of the newer ones that I've really began to love is Solanus Casey. Oh yeah. Who is local to my area in in many ways. He, He did ministry for many years in the Midwest. Right. And his simplicity of spirit, really inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking Mary. I feel like that's a cop-out, but she's the queen of saints. Yes. So, of course, I can say Mary. And particularly Our Lady of Guadalupe. Okay. Actually, there's – I don't know if you can see on this. Yep. Call, there's a tiny one back there. Um, that's my consecration date. And I think her arrival through, like, the devotion of – well. The conversion and then devotion of Juan Diego really brings glory to God. It brought many, many, many people to the church. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are some saints, like one of the saints that um, I've always loved is St. Bernadette. Mm-hmm. Again, a young woman and actually my middle name, okay. which my parents didn't even know about saints when they named me, which is just like great. I think you mentioned that. that. Yeah, saints Claire Bernadette. Yeah. That's right. 
love her. Mm -hmm. She's just so simple and willing to be a fool for the Lord. She cared very little about how she was perceived. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's for what we talked about on the episode of the podcast you did with me, JP2, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, Pope St. John Paul the Great is just... I mean, how can you pass up on him, right? <laughs> plus so, so many good. others, yeah. Yeah, plus so, so many others. That was another one of the great values in having the opportunity to invite other people to come on the podcast mm-hmm. is because there were, like I was saying, not only do I not have particular connectedness with some saints, but I've learned so much about saints that I didn't even know existed mm-hmm. until someone was like, I want to cover them on the podcast. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. Like yeah. I, I love every opportunity that I've had to be like, wow, a brand new person who the Lord has worked powerfully in the life of. Mm. It reminds me of how desperately God wants to have my own heart, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And I I have to say the same about you. Like I learned so much about when we did the episode together on Pope St. John Paul II. Certainly I learned so much about him that I I didn't even know. So I'm grateful to you for all of the in-depth research and the time that you've poured into it. And I'm sure for so many others, as they listen to all the episodes and they hear about these saints in, in a new light, because like you're mentioning, it's really storytelling and just being able to share these people that we know as heroic figures, absolutely, but also people who have walked the face of this earth. So yeah. if nothing else, I'm so grateful that you said yes to this mission. And again, listeners, I encourage you to check out Dead Friend Saints, and I'll be sure to leave a link in the episode description so that you can check it out and subscribe and listen. Mm-hmm. I guess just as we kind of wrap up this portion, in terms of, like you said, being able to meet so many people and hear more about these saints in a new light what is it i guess about this whole ministry that you've done with this podcast that has really drawn you in to like you were mentioning earlier really grow and see that god wants your heart and grow in that holiness like that universal call to holiness that we all have oh good question i think originally and as i began recording the very first couple of episodes it was beautiful because I have had these books about saints for so long, which I would never, I would hardly ever crack open, Mm -hmm. you know, or there'd be a saint that I would think about and pray through the intercession of. And through the process of researching them, I would come across some element of their ministry or their life that I would take to prayer And I pray through the intercession of all the saints I cover on the podcast, at least for like a little while before Mm -hmm. I speak about them. Just that alone, like the research into holy writings Mm -hmm. for the sake of the podcast and having time set aside specifically to pray through the intercession of a saint and appeal to the Lord and especially the Holy Spirit and be like, work in this. I think I knew that that would be like a fruitful part of the podcast. I didn't know how how powerfully God wanted to work Mm -hmm. in that and in my own life. I think that while, you know, like I love focusing on the things that made the saints human Mm -hmm. because I think that that's like 
the things that sometimes get lost in translation. Like right. we talked about St. Ignatius of Loyola, like he was balding and he had <laughs> really believed he was meant to go to the Holy Land and he never did. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, there's an element to that that's so relatable because it's like, I can be so certain of like, God, I know you want this. I think you do at least, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like, and we could go through our whole life and really all he asks of us is our loyalty to him mm-hmm. and our willingness to actually work, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do the thing, work in love and be with him. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> and I think that there was an element of just like all things, like I went into it under the pretense of being like, I'm going to teach through this podcast. And then I ended up being taught, being a student by mm-hmm. the guests on my podcast through prayer as I bring each intercession and each podcast of prayer Mm -hmm. and also through the saints. I mean, there's so many powerful resources, whether it be a very well-documented saint who wrote a ton and has a lot of amazing insights on, Mm -hmm. on our walk, our shared Christian walk, Mm -hmm. or whether it be someone we know very little about and who like all we know about them is that they, whatever, lived in this part of the world and died a martyr or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. there's many, many saints like that. And the certainty that they are now experiencing heaven Hmm. is so helpful because I realized I would go through many stretches of time where I wouldn't really think about heaven. I would think about God and I'd pray, but the reality of salvation Hmm. was kind of like, I still do sometimes, but talking about the saints is helpful. The reality of salvation is lost on me. I get caught up in the daily grind, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to like pray the Psalms again or whatever. And I don't know. It's a good reminder to look up. I think that's I think that's a big part of it that the podcast has worked personally in my own life, Mm -hmm. that God has worked through the podcast is he reminds me to look up, to look at him. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in, in a world where we're and I know I'm guilty of this. You're always looking down at your phone. Or just trying to like look down at your feet, trying to make sure that you're going in a direction. Yeah. I have this experience where in prayer, in my work, in whatever it is, where I'll get so bogged down and I'll be like, God, I'm busy. Like, can't you tell I'm busy serving you? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm doing all these things. Like, I'm literally juggling so much. I'm saying so many novenas right now. Like, I don't have time to just look at you. (laughs) And it's like... It's very silly, but at the same time, it's a real struggle that I face Mm -hmm. often. And so to know that actually, like, while the saints do intercede for us and stuff, their full-time job is to praise Mm -hmm. God. Like, their full-time job is to be experiencing the benefits Mm -hmm. of salvation. That's what they do all day, all day long. And so it's like little me being like, oh, man. I don't know. What am I going to give up for Lent this year? Like it's done in love and it's a beautiful thing because it's done in love. But at the same time, it's that reality that like God calls us to do things in service Mm. of him, not because he wants us to earn our salvation because we can't, Mm. it's a free gift. You know, I could do, I could do the most amazing things ever. And it's like, I will never earn my Mm. salvation. I can't do it. 
Yeah, and it's such a lovely tie to like everything that we've talked about. Like ultimately, it's yeah, like you were mentioning earlier, and you spoke so well about uh, just the this beautiful lesson exactly that you've learned through serving, you know, folks with different abilities and and meeting them, and then of course, like on the other end, like you know, seeing the saints and all of their glory, but also their ordinariness as well, and how they are really that living model of what it is that we aspire to. So Claire, I am so appreciative of how, you know, we've really literally brought heaven and earth together and we've really met there uh, today in this conversation. And I think just as we wrap up, I would love to hear your own reflection on, you know, how learning about the saints and maybe in particular those virgin martyrs. And then of course, like the work that you've done in Mm -hmm. serving uh, folks with different and diverse abilities, how it is that you've seen your personal feminine genius flourish throughout your life so far. Yeah, I think that in many ways, my femininity was a mystery to me until I could see how completely that God taught me how to nurture through being Mm. nurtured. And even though supporting a person with disabilities, there's nothing I can do to Mm. free them from whatever suffering they're experiencing, whether it be in ministry, whether it be in all these things, like my power isn't on this earth as much good as we Mm -hmm. can do it is not and with that being applied to the feminine genius i think that in my own life god has worked the most palpably in ways that he has called me to emulate his mother um, and to move into closeness with him and intimacy with him so that being through suffering and that being through devotion and love of those who are suffering um, in the name of Christ. And anytime I think I'm approaching a resolution of that generosity, anytime I think I'm beginning to wrap my mind around how complete and how just sufficient God's providence Mm -hmm. is for us, he blows the roof (laughs) off it again and again and again and again. When I think about what my call is in response to that, you know, again, we know Mary's perfect response, her perfect Mm yes, and not only her yes to like bearing Jesus Christ into this world, but her response at every moment from then Mm -hmm. on, Mm -hmm. you know, like through raising him up as a little boy, losing him in the temple, being around for his ministry, and ultimately like holding him after being crucified Mm -hmm. on the cross, like she powerfully lived as a leader through her willingness to not look away. She didn't look away from her son, her child, her Mm -hmm. God, as he was being killed. She didn't look away from the church after that, like being a mother to all of us. And yeah, I am continually called forward to like, to not look away, whether that be the suffering of the person in front of me, my Mm -hmm. own suffering, the gift of the ministry that God has put in front of me of my podcast, his own gift of complete and selfless and endless Mm -hmm. love for me and his invitation. Like, won't you just stay with me a little longer? Won't you just pray with Mm -hmm. me here? Like I was saying, we look up to so many saints and not because of how they earned their salvation, but because we know that God was working powerfully in their life and there's some common themes that that takes on. And one of the main ones is not Mm -hmm. giving up, right? They didn't give up, whether it be in 
small things in persistence in love and in big, great big things, you know, dying a mm -hmm. painful death instead of relinquishing their faith. And I feel abundantly called forward and lifted up every day by the prayers mm -hmm. of the saints. And I praise God for the opportunity to be able to bring glory to God by talking about mm -hmm. them <laughs> today and um, mm -hmm. every day. Wow. So, yeah. That's so well said. And like I mentioned earlier, listeners, I mean, I encourage you to take a listen to Claire's podcast, Dead Friends Saints. I've learned so much from it. And I've learned so much from you today and just in listening. So thank you so much for your time today, Claire. It truly has been such a gift to share time with you. And I was wondering uh, if you could lead us in a closing prayer. Oh, yes. Thank you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, thank you so much for bringing us here today. Thank you for loving each of us into existence in this moment where we are. I thank you for blessing the ministry of the Feminine Genius Podcast. I thank you for all of the ways that you desire to work through each of our lives in every single moment, Lord. I want to offer to you in this time my own weakness and also my own joy and elation, especially for being here in this time and getting to have the opportunity through technology to not only be united with Rachel here, but with all the people listening to this podcast, Lord. I know that you you love it. You love this so much um, and it brings glory to you. And so we give it all to you, Lord, as a gift, as we pray. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Clara, thank you. Thank you. That was so fun. <laughs> Thank you to Claire Ellenson for joining me on the podcast today. As noted, Claire is the host of the podcast Dead Friend Saints, which you can listen and subscribe to wherever you're listening right now. I was lucky enough to be a guest on her show, and we talked about none other than Pope St. John Paul II, so I'll be sure to leave a link in the episode description, and be sure to also follow her on Instagram, at Dead Friend Saints. All of this will be in the episode description and the show notes. You can learn more about the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at FemGeniusPod. And you can listen and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other platforms. All of this information can be found on our home on the web, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless you always.